Okay, so my name is Ben. I am a Democrat. <laughs> um, welcome to our podcast. Uh, to give you a little bit about myself, I guess, and kind of some background as to why we decided to do this. Um, so I'm pretty liberal. I tend to follow kind of the liberal ideology where it comes to most things. I'm pro-gun control. I'm generally pro-choice, although we'll, we'll be careful. <laughs> I'm just gonna, we'll just touch on that lightly. Um, For now. Yeah, oh yeah. No, don't worry. We'll, we'll get into all the fun nitty-gritty stuff. <laughs> I have no political experience whatsoever. I held a Biden-Harris sign outside of a polling place for two hours on election day. That did you my, really? I did. <laughs> yeah, my dad and I went out because we, we just wanted to like see how the polls were looking and yeah. what was going on and stuff. And so we brought a sign. And, did they like make you stand like a specific uh-huh. distance away? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's like a 75 foot yeah. radius area where you have to stand outside. You can't get closer to 75 feet to the building, which was fine. And honestly, like everyone was super chill. There were some Trump people there with their Trump signs and that was fine. Yeah. There were some poll workers and some, they were called the election defenders. Never met them before. Nice. As like a nonpartisan, please don't shoot up our poll. <laughs> Anyone, <laughs> please be nice to each other kind of group of people. Man, I so, want to be an election defender. I kind of did too. I actually <laughs> talked to, I talked to the election defender guy. I was like, hey, how'd you, uh, how'd you get involved in election defenders? <laughs> and he gave me an email and stuff. And that was kind of cool. Like, talk to but, Captain America first or like, <laughs> we're the election <laughs> defenders. <laughs> So that, that's the extent of my political experience. I have voted. That is it. I read sometimes. That is all I do. That is all about me. <laughs> I don't know. I, we'll find out all about the rest of my opinions and my feelings, I'm sure, as we go on, as we talk about more stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm Stuart. Uh, ben and I are really good friends. Um, mm-hmm. Our wives are really good friends. They've been good friends for a long time. And um, and so we're really good friends. I am a registered Republican. I voted for Donald Trump twice. <laughs> um, although I, I do have some... I plugged my nose quite a bit to do so, but I did vote for Donald <laughs> Trump twice. Um... I will not be voting for Donald Trump a third time if that <laughs> becomes a possibility. Trump 2024. Probably. Um, well, we'll see what Democrats decide to do. So I may want to rescind that statement. Um, um, I generally am more of a uh, of what I call a Bush Republican. I'm I'm definitely not a Trump Republican. I I think he's much more of a populist and and so many other things that we'll probably get into um but i my as far as my political experience goes i don't have a ton um you ran a presidential campaign i did i worked (laughs) i i was ahead of the state of nevada for the austin peterson for president campaign he was a libertarian candidate running in 2016 um he lost in the primaries to gary johnson but the libertarian party's a joke Oh no! And <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> I think I, th- I don't think that's an objectively controversial statement to say. They had a stripper in their national convention in 2016, 
and he was a oh, candidate for something. Gosh. <laughs> he was a candidate, and he went outside. <laughs> he went up on the stage and stripped, and nobody took him down <laughs> until his time was done. The Libertarian Party is objectively a joke. Oh no! Um, <laughs> um, but afterwards, I did plug my nose and vote for Trump because I had definitely some reservations about Hillary, which is another disagreement that I think we'll have because I think Ben really likes Hillary. I don't even want to think about it ever again. <laughs> I, I don't ever want to. <laughs> we, Hillary who? What, who's that? What are we talking about? I don't even know what we're talking about. Um, which actually, I'm a pretty big fan of Bill and his presidency. Maybe not Bill as a person um, and his yeah. personal life choices, <laughs> but his presidency I'm actually a fairly big fan of. We can get into that later too, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm a Republican kind of through and through, um, flirted with libertarianism a little bit, but definitely um, a a conservative, um, and fall right on most issues, if not all of them. Um, so the, the kind of the point of this podcast is both Ben and I during the election had a lot of anxieties and um, frustrations about the mm-hmm. divide that the country has. And we both see that as probably, probably a bigger problem than I don't want to speak for Ben here, but probably a bigger problem than either party itself is the divide that we have as Americans um, and our inability to disagree. Um I definitely see that as a bigger problem than like the democratic party. I think we, yeah, it's much more of a threat. And and a lot of the problems that each party faces, we would be able to overcome if we weren't so divided. I agree. Right. So the communication gap, sorry, I don't, I don't want to yeah. cut you off. No, keep going. No. And I think, I think that's probably the biggest, I don't know. I'll have some conservatives that disagree with me, but that's probably the biggest downfall of the Trump presidency to me is I feel like, Whatever president you elect, most, I would say 80% of the people in the United States don't really see a huge difference in their lives dependent on who the president of the United States is. Like, as far as policy goes and as far as things, like, my life personally is not very much different from four years of Donald Trump to compared to eight years of Obama. Like, my life personally hasn't changed that much as far as the policies enacted. For some people, it does. But I think a much bigger change that I've seen and a negative that's come from the Trump presidency is the fact that we're not able to sit down at a kitchen table on Thanksgiving, not even referencing COVID, but um, (laughs) we're not able to sit down at a Thanksgiving table and disagree and talk to one another and have a conversation without it becoming very contentious. And so that's kind of the point of of us sitting here our point is not my point is not to convince ben to be a republican or a conservative if i could have i would have by now <laughs> um but um but the point is for us to sit down have a conversation about these things and understand that we're gonna go play video games after we're done recording this podcast like mm-hmm. this is we don't as a country we don't need to be as divided as we are yep yeah exactly and i think that's something that Obviously, yeah. To speak from, uh, yeah, I don't even think it's a Republican versus Democrat issue. I think everyone's sick of it. We're all tired of the toxic, the fact that we can't communicate. And I've seen a lot of stuff online where I think people try to justify not wanting to communicate, and that bothers me too. So when I see people on my side, particularly, 
saying things like, yeah, I get that we're supposed to be nice to Republicans, but if you vote for white supremacy, I don't want to be your friend. And I'm like, okay, well, I understand why maybe you feel that. However, so do I. <laughs> Jesus said, be nice to everyone, including the white supremacists. <laughs> and we all, you know, like it, it's, maybe they're not, you don't know, talk to people. We have to have open conversations and open communication if we're going to resolve any of the problems because there's so many different plans for our country. There's so many different perspectives that people are trying to push through. And if we don't get together and talk about them, then we're never gonna get anywhere. Yeah, so I'll make a pretty, I think the biggest problem that we have in our country is, I think the moral high ground fallacy is really, is a really, really big issue. Mm. I think, that both sides think that they're coming at things from a position of a moral high ground. Republicans and more people on the religious right think as far as on issues like abortion or mm -hmm. gay marriage or just from religious perspective, look at Democrats and go, okay, we have the moral high ground here. And so by definition, that means you're worse and you're wrong <laughs> because we have the moral mm -hmm. high ground. So therefore you must be wrong and because you're wrong you must be lower because you're you think these evil things or stupider or exactly yeah uh -huh. and so and i think it's the same thing with with democrats and and racism oh, white oh, supremacy. i can confirm that for sure <laughs> like, i think i think they think so you have these two sides who think that they're on this moral pedestal and you're never going to get anywhere that way because i think what we need to realize is we all need to kind of humble ourselves a little bit and understand my personal opinion is both sides suck <laughs> mostly. And I don't think either side is completely right on any issue. And I'm not even talking about like conservatives are right on abortion and, and Democrats are right on taxes. What I'm meaning is I don't think either side is right on anything. I think there's a room for compromise on everything. And I don't think we're ever going to get it completely right because I think we're human and I think we mm -hmm. all mess up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what this is kind of for is to make a platform where we can really discuss these things because I have that opinion. I think both sides are wrong about everything. Yeah. And, and as Stuart and I have talked about stuff like abortion, we've come to realize that I think we have a lot more in common than we think we do. <laughs> and so I, I think you're absolutely right. Like we each stand on this, like, this is my hill. This is the hill I die on. Mm -hmm. I believe I'm right. I believe in many cases, you know, God is on my side. Um, and that shuts down any kind of good conversation that we could have. Whereas if we actually step off the hill and humble ourselves a little bit and chat, like we learn that we have a lot more in common than we thought we did. Yeah. Um, and then we're all human. Then we're all stupid. It, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all learning. Yeah. We're, all, we're all growing together. So that's really, that was the purpose of us doing this is that we're frustrated with the toxic communication. We're frustrated with the lack of communication. So we're going to try and open up some good conversation that people can hopefully listen to and, and take some solace in knowing that there are people out there trying to communicate and hopefully learn how to communicate with people across the aisle as well. hundred percent. And yeah. I think we've made it very, very clear that neither Ben and I are experts we're going to say things that are incorrect and wrong <laughs> and fact checkable. Like oh, I'm, sure. I'm going to say a million things during this podcast that I believe and facts that I've heard that may be a hundred percent inaccurate. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the, the purpose here too, is because if one of us thinks the other is inaccurate on something, we can respect each other enough to not say you're an idiot for, for believing this, this factoid, but we can say, Hey, 
this is the information that I've heard and mm -hmm. it may differ from the information that you, you've heard. So that's kind mm -hmm. of the point of this. And unless you have something else to add on the point of this, not. we can get right into Donald Trump because that's what everybody Hooray. loves talking about. It will never stop. <laughs> We're going to talk about him forever. Yeah. Yeah. As a <laughs> um, But the election, right? Yeah. So the election happened. Um, it sure did. And because Ben decided to stand outside a polling place with the Biden-Harris sign, mm -hmm. Biden won Arizona. It was me. It was it all was, me. It was I did it. It was Ben alone. It's yeah, none of those Latinos working day in, day out, twenty four seven, trying to desperately get votes did anything. Yep, no. Um so Ben, do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna kind of talk about your thoughts on the election as a whole and then sure. like um get into the election being stolen <laughs> from Donald Trump and sure. All of that I would love to. jazz. I guess in terms of the election as a whole, um, I think the biggest thing that has bothered me, I mean, there's a lot. It's a whole can of worms, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's still not over is the thing that's <laughs> annoying to me is that we're still not done with it, which... Is fine. I mean, you know, in 2000, it took like, what, 36 days or something yeah, to call yeah. Florida. Some yeah. disgusting. I was only five. Thank goodness I'm not traumatized by that. But the difference with that is we were talking about a difference in one state of 500 votes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we need to know. That's very, like, yeah, okay, good. That's important. This, this one or not. <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that it has taken so long, not just to call states, I think that's fine. But the fact that we knew that Biden was the winner on Friday, once we finally called Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania was Saturday. I don't remember. Whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was Pennsylvania was trending Biden for right. a long time. Once, yeah. Once Trump held that like 700,000 vote. Right. Lead. Right. Yeah. The point is, so the AP called the race a week ago. Yeah. Right? Saturday of last week, we knew that Biden was going to be the 46th president. And so the fact that we're still talking about it and still going at it is bothersome. But I guess, I mean, maybe that's a separate topic. If we're talking about the election itself and how I feel about how the election went. I think I was very impressed by Trump's turnout. Once again, I will never read another poll. I cannot handle the fact that in 2016, I was like, we got it. It's Hillary, man. She's going to win. There's no chance. I bought a shirt. I had stickers. <laughs> I was so excited. And then she lost and I cried really hard. And it was an awful day. And because it was so, it was so unexpected. Like, okay. So I remember I don't remember 2000. I do slightly remember 2004. I mm -hmm. remember when Bush beat Kerry. Mm -hmm. And yeah, how did you feel like, because Trump's kind of a different animal, right? Like, oh my gosh. He's not just a Republican. He's Trump. Like there's mm -hmm. a difference. Yeah. So how did you feel with like, when like Bush beat Kerry kind of a more, I, from with, what you remember? With Trump, I felt more stabbed in the back, I think. Mm -hmm. Like with Bush and Kerry, Again, I was only nine, yeah, nine, ten, almost ten. Mm -hmm. um, I remember feeling disappointed. I remember feeling frustrated, but I don't remember feeling surprised. Yeah, because like, you know, it was an incumbent. Yeah, yep. Bush had been president for four years, um, and so I don't. I mean, I don't remember reading any polls. I don't know who I expected, <laughs> but but I guess, you know, like it kind of made sense where I was like, okay, so this guy who's been president for a long time, he's been doing the job for four years. He's got his whole administration. He has a lot of support. Some new guy comes in and loses. That's okay. I kind of yeah. get that. 
with Trump in 2016, the fact that Hillary was so far ahead and still lost felt like a betrayal. Like I felt like all of the learning that I'd been doing, all of the expectations that I had just kind of melted like through my fingers. Like I was trying to hold on to sand or water or something like it just disappeared. Yeah. Um, and I remember looking around that next day being like, who was it? Who here who voted for him <laughs> that didn't say they were going to first, you know, like, who do I know? Yeah. Cause I didn't think that I thought he was a joke. I treated him like a joke. I was like, he's not a real candidate. He is a reality TV star. There's no way. And obviously that was a huge underestimate, a huge mistake that I think most of the country made to underestimate Donald Trump. hundred percent. And so in 2020, with this election, I feel like I, you know, Joe Biden was supposed to win by more than Hillary Clinton was, quote unquote, supposed to win by, right? Yep. So the polls were wrong again. Yes. Just by the pure fact that it was so close. Yep. In so many states where he was supposed to be leading by so much. Yep. So I think that was my biggest thing during the election is that I will never, ever underestimate Anyone. (laughs) Say his name. Anything can happen. Anything, anything, (laughs) anyone can happen. Like it's, he could run in, he could run in 2024 and the polls will say he'll lose by a landslide and he could win again. Like it's, I'm no longer going to leave myself unguarded and vulnerable (laughs) to disappointment or to shock. I think anything could happen. So I know that obviously the polls are working on trying to figure out what went wrong and trying to fix polling issues and i've read some of those and i think it's really interesting what they're trying to do but ultimately i hope they figured out it would be nice to be able to go into an election with some sort of expectation that gets met in the end and obviously you know they predicted that biden won and he did but not by as much as they said Mm -hmm. so i think that that was the biggest thing for me is the fact that i was like oh it's joe for sure but in the back of my mind thinking hey (laughs) this isn't the first time you thought that (laughs) because we've been here before in 2016 (laughs) you're like hillary no problem (laughs) um so i i was ready for disappointment i was glad when biden was declared the winner um but i you know i was ready for another four years of trump i was like if we have to we can do it it'll be okay we lived through the first four um but yeah those expectations that i had I guess is the biggest thing. Yeah. No, I, I think I I said this during on election night, um, that when it kind of looked like Trump was in a good spot on election night, Mm because he won Florida, they called Florida pretty early. And, um, I think Iowa was called that night too. And Ohio. So it started to look like, and with all the big leads he had in Pennsylvania, Michigan, before the mail-in votes started coming, um, it, it looked like Trump was in a really good spot. And I remember saying that night, like if Trump wins this again, everything we know about presidential politics goes out the window. Like every, Mm -hmm. every uh, political scientist, every person who's, who looks at polls and, and, and gathers polls that all changes. If Trump pulls this out again, because I mean, Biden was, I think, I think there was a poll that Biden was up by 17 points in Wisconsin the day before the election. It was really, it was, it was, insane and so um and so i had i had a similar feeling that that you have to give trump some semblance of credit um in 2016 he beat out 17 i think it was republican candidates who were like seasoned like good candidates for the most part and and he beat them out pretty handily and then he beat probably the most well-funded political machine 
we have ever seen. I mean, the the Clinton political base and machine is is not something to mess with from a political perspective. And and he and he took it. And in 2016, we all thought he was crazy because he said the entire time, "I'm going to win. I'm going to win." And and he did. He did. He did. I mean, so you have to give that to Trump to an extent. Um, now, I do think Trump is an anomaly in the sense that. There were, there's a lot of people who, and it, it may be the way that we do polling is flawed now that we live in the 21st century. Like, I don't think calling people on the phone, uses their phone works anymore. Yeah. Like, I think, I think there are a lot of things about polling that's flawed. But the biggest thing with Trump is someone calls you on the phone saying, hey, who are you going to vote for? There are a lot of people who are not going to say Donald Trump. There are a lot of people who because of different pressures or because of the, um, because of what Trump says or how strongly people on the left feel this animosity towards Trump, that they're not going to tell you they're voting for Trump. And then on election day, they're going to pull the trigger and vote for Trump because no one can see them. So I think, I think there are some things poll wise that needs, that needs to be looked at and fixed, but I do think Trump is an anomaly to a respective. I don't think if Ben Carson would have won the Republican nomination that people would have been scared to say I'm voting for Ben Carson yeah like or Ted Cruz even like I don't I don't think it would have been that big of an issue they're not that controversial no yeah um and like the polls are historically pretty accurate um I mean I mean the last time they were like in 2012 it got a little bit closer in the polling before election day than it actually than it actually was uh, Romney, I think, I think was within one or two points in the popular vote, and and it looked like he was trending that way. So, so as a Romney guy, like I, it it felt pretty good, and we felt pretty pretty confident. But it was actually not very close at all. Um, huh? But so it was the opposite. Yeah, where the Democrat kind of came up out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, huh. but I mean, it, the most of the polls you saw still showed Obama with a lead. Sure. Um, but it was definitely it went from like. A month before the election, Obama had a seven to eight point lead, and then it kind of trended Romney from there, where I think it was within two points or something. And then Romney, in some polls, was even leading in the in the national in the national really? um, polls. So, um, so it was off a little bit, but mm-hmm. but not not like this. But as far as like, <laughs> but as far as this election specifically goes, I think everybody should feel pretty good. Like that's one of my issues with. <clears throat> the idea that this has been rigged or or that it's been stolen is first of all, states count votes differently. Mm -hmm. So Arizona is going to count votes very differently and has a Republican governor and now a Republican attorney general um, who replaced the Democrat attorney general that was in charge of looking at the ballots. I mean, if Arizona had something going on, you'd think the Democrat attorney general would make sure that he didn't get, you know, voted out. But, but that is a very good point. <laughs> but I think that for the Democrats to have a well-coordinated like conspiracy conspiracy effort to steal this election, I think they did a really really bad job. Oh yeah. Like Republicans had twice about twice the number of Senate seats to protect uh-huh. in this election the Democrats and they kept the Senate majority or at least it looks like they're going to with the Georgia runoffs. Yep. Um, and then they picked up seats in the house. Yeah. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to say Democrats are trying to steal the election when they actually lost the election in a lot of ways. Like I think 
what is more likely is you had a lot of people say, you know what, I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, but Trump's an a-hole. So I'm not going to vote for Trump, but I am going to vote for Martha McSally in Arizona or sure. or um or Mitch McConnell Robinson. or Lindsey yeah. Graham. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah, all those guys, yeah. Exactly. Like I I'm gonna still vote Republican down the ballot, but Trump, I can't do it. Yeah. I think that's much more likely than the Democrats coordinating this well thought out effort where Trump barely loses right. and and like but they still lose the senate and and yeah, house no. races like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that's my ma- that's my major problem with this idea of election fraud is it yeah. doesn't make sense to me the way it played out mm-hmm. and yeah. i and i get the mail-in vote thing but this is a different election like this is not mm-hmm. an election like we've ever seen before right like we did get a lot of mail-in ballots oh yeah like and trump actually did a really good job as far as turnout goes for like, mail-in ballots for for anything for oh, just okay. the election yeah, in yeah. general uh-huh. like high turnout normally means democrats are going to win sure because republicans vote anyway yeah republicans generally are consistent voters and so if it's a low turnout republicans are generally going to win if it's a high turnout democrats got a lot of people who don't normally vote mm-hmm. to go and vote mm-hmm. In this election, it was historically high turnout. Trump mm-hmm. has won the most votes of anyone to ever run for president ever, except for Joe Biden. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he did a really good job. Like, I don't get it. I just don't understand the logic behind it. Behind the... The idea that the, thought that the election is stolen. Like, I don't well, understand the logic. Yeah. As a Democrat, I don't get it at all. I'm sure you don't. <laughs> I mean, so I, yeah. So I've had some interesting conversations on Facebook with people sure. about election fraud, and I've seen some interesting stuff. And I think so. I had a conversation with one girl. Uh-huh. I'm not going to pretend to understand the logic. Sure. I think there's a lot of misinformation that's out there that I think contributes to, so I had a conversation with a person. I posted some stuff about another voter fraud um, rumor being debunked, essentially. Yeah. And someone posted was it. Was Sharpies? Like, it was a Sharpies. Yeah, yeah. It was Sharpie Gate. <laughs> so I posted an article from, I think it was Easy Central or something, saying mm-hmm. Sharpie Gate had been debunked. Um, all of the counts on the Arizona ballots that were made with Sharpies had been counted. It wasn't a problem at all, like they had been thinking. And then someone else got on my post and was talking about how it was rigged. And yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> at least not like, I mean, there's thousands of allegations of voter fraud or whatever. So yeah. it's like, there's lots of other things, but in terms of Sharpie gate, like it was not, there's no way here's this article. Here's the source. Here you go. You yeah. Know? And so we went back and forth a little bit on Facebook and there was a moment where this person I was talking with posted a Breitbart article that said something. Cause, <laughs> Oh, cause at one point, yeah. Cause at one point I was like, <laughs> okay, if you really believe there's voter fraud, Tell me where you see it because everything I keep seeing is here's a voter fraud rumor that's been debunked. Like sure. that's everything I keep seeing. And so they posted this Breitbart article that was talking about the 21,000 votes in Pennsylvania that had supposedly been cast by dead people or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so I looked it up and immediately found a New York Times article that referenced the Breitbart article that said, no, that was not the case. There are not 21,000 ballots cast in the names of dead people for Joe Biden in Pennsylvania. That's not a thing. And so I posted that back just to be like, hey, okay, interesting point, Mm -hmm. but here's what I found. And what the person said is like, well, we can debate back and forth about whose source is more trustworthy all day. I can throw out Breitbart and you can throw out New York (laughs) Times, but like 
ultimately we're not going to get anywhere with that. And so that was the moment where I realized, okay, so there are people pushing this idea and Trump is one of them. And there are other people pushing this idea of voter fraud for whatever idea or whatever purpose they have for that. And I think that there are probably some interesting ideas and purposes that people have for pushing that idea. But as far as like just the layman, the regular Republicans or regular conservatives that are pushing these ideas, I think it's these people like Breitbart, like OAN that are Alex Jones are willing. Yeah. Like Infowars <laughs> that are willing to be like, here's a conspiracy, ta-da, you know, and we'll play up this idea that the mainstream media isn't trustworthy and that they are more trustworthy and that whatever they say is true. And so it's really difficult for me to be like, okay, but here are my sources that I consider to be better that say that there was no voter fraud. Um, but, and so I, I realized that it's not that these people that I'm arguing with are stupid or wrong. Sure. It's just that they're, they're, it's this misinformation. What I believe to be misinformation because sure. I trust the New York times and I trust, you know, whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, anyway. And so that's, that's why I think it's being pushed is yeah. because they're honestly, I think they're being lied to and they're willing to grab that because they think, okay, maybe my guy can still win. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. No, I think, See, I think there's an area we kind of may have differences on. I don't trust national media as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do have a really big problem of with the argument of authority when it comes to sources in a lot of ways, as far as news mm-hmm. goes. Because I think, I think in a lot of ways you can find facts that actually debates what they're trying to push instead of just saying this source doesn't make sense or this source is fake news. Um, mm-hmm. um, if this source is fake news then i think it's really really dangerous just to throw it out i think it's a much more effective way to combat it is to look at what they're actually saying and combat the argument that they're making yes and i think both sides are are responsible for doing this like you may look at breitbart or info wars which i think are nut jobs (laughs) um but i think it's much more beneficial if we look at what they're actually saying and one import to it. And <laughs> so this is part two. We got cut off with the part one. Um, um, the, the point I was making, I think, I just think it's more important to attack the argument or attack the um, attack what is being said if you think it's false to bring up facts why you think it's false, as opposed to just attacking the source. Yes, as opposed mm-hmm. to attacking. So I think it's much mm-hmm. more effective because anyone can mm-hmm. look at. Uh, New York Times or look at Breitbart or look at whatever and go, oh, you're fake news, whatever. You got a story wrong this one time or you you consistently push this type of agenda. So therefore you're wrong on everything. And I think that's the danger of Trump is he looks at everything and goes, oh, you fake news, fake news, fake news. And like, <laughs> and all of a sudden everything is fake news unless it's pro-Trump, right? That's the major issue from from the right that we have is now, including Fox News now, now everything is fake news mm-hmm. unless it's pro-Trump. But I think it's much more important if we attack the argument instead of attacking the source. I think that's a really good point. Um, like this, like um, this is something that was tweeted that was texted to me um, right after Election Day. Um, this is just another conspiracy thing that I think it, Mike Cowdery is how you pronounce his name. I don't know who he is, but he has a blue check mark. Um, he's verified <laughs> he's verified and it's it's the the tweet breaking wisconsin has more votes than people who are registered to vote total number of registered voters three million one hundred twenty nine thousand total number of votes cast three million two hundred thirty nine thousand nine hundred twenty you look at that and you go yeah that doesn't add up doesn't make mm-hmm. much sense to me like 
that that may be some some evidence of 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 some irregularities. Fraud. But you look at this, the number of registered voters three point one two uh, sorry three million one hundred twenty nine thousand registered voters. That was their registered voter number in twenty eighteen. Oh, I looked that up and did fact a little bit of fact checking. Mm. That was their registered voter count in 2018. Mm. Their registered voter count now is over 3.6 million, um, and so it's more than the total number of voters cast. See, I think doing things like that and attacking the things that are actually being said is much more effective than just going, "Oh, Mike Cowdery doesn't make much sense. He's fake news," uh-huh. because I can look at that and say that's verifiably false. You figured it out. Yeah, that's verifiably that's cool. inaccurate. <laughs> you did it. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> like it's not it's not an accurate number. And so I think I think that is is much more a much more effective way of of doing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. So I I think it'll be interesting to see what happens as we go on for the rest of the year. Whatever happens in January, whoever's inaugurated or you know if Trump somehow continues in the presidency. It'll be interesting to see what happens with news and media and our interpretation of fake news and how we run polls. And um, it's not been an easy time to be a journalist. No. <laughs> and it's no. not been an easy time to be in the news world. And so I think it's going to be an interesting time to see what they do and how they change and how they grow. Yeah. And I think it's really important for us to understand, like with CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, those are the big three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as news goes, I think it's really understand the difference between their opinion side where they have these contributors who are giving their opinions on things, Oh yeah, which may lean a certain way and their news making side and their, and their breaking news side. I think there's a big difference and I think that's important because you can look at somebody like CNN or MSNBC and go, Oh, they are skewed left Mm -hmm. all the time. So they're going to give you us left news, and therefore they're fake news. Mm-hmm. No, not necessarily. <laughs> Again, attack the argument if you think the argument is false or think the argument is invalid, or the what they say on CNN and MSNBC is invalid. Look at what they're saying and try to debunk it. That's what I would say for conservatives. Yeah, I like that. I think that that's something because you know, really, if you think about it, everyone's biased. Absolutely. Like there's no, I was looking at a, a media bias chart the other day, like a media, <laughs> like a bias versus reliability chart, you know? Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with um, that chart, by the way. I know what I you're about, <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of people don't. And um, it, it was interesting to see like even the weather channels on that chart. Like everybody <laughs> has a bias. Every yeah. single person on earth is biased somehow. 100%. And I think if you're an American that's not biased, either right or left, then you're just not paying attention. Like there needs to be, well, you're Aaron Burr, not Alexander Hamilton. Right. right, Exactly. Yeah. What do you stand for? Like everybody has to have some idea of what's right and what's wrong and what's correct and what's incorrect and what's real news and what's fake news. And I think when you find articles like to Stuart's point that don't agree with you rather than saying, Oh, this is fake news. This is biased. I'm not going to read it. My philosophy has always been that you need to read more. Like if you find something that doesn't make sense to you, even if it's on Breitbart or One American News Network or Fox or the Washington Post or MSNBC, then go find your own source and compare it. Like if you find something that you think is fake news, then yeah, do some digging. Sunlight's the best disinfectant, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shine some light on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a perfect, perfect way rather than just saying, oh, MSNBC is always crap. Throw that out which I'm guilty of too. There again on Facebook, I was like, Ooh, project Veritas is crap throwing that out. But then you watched the video. I I did. 
you read my post. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> I, I keep up with you, bud. <laughs> I did watch the video, and and so yeah, don't just look at a source and be like, nah, garbage. Don't trust them. That's mainstream media. You know, read it, learn it, or that's conspiracy media. Read it, learn it, look at what other people are saying about it, and then make an educated decision. Yeah, and be willing to change, right? Because I mean. I haven't sounded like very much of a conservative throughout this first episode of the podcast because <laughs> I <laughs> this is not what the right is focused on right now, which it should be. But <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I know I haven't sounded like much of a conservative, but that's because I've tried really, really hard to try to look at things in an objective way, right? And and right now, objectively, I think we have a really, really big problem with a paramount pillar of our democracy being threatened, which is a peaceful transition of power. Ooh, yeah. And that is one of the most important elements of our country to me, mm -hmm. is the fact that we can have a Democrat in office for eight years, and the country be run a certain way for eight years, and then just because we say so as the american people we vote in a republican and now he just comes in and the other guy comes out peacefully mm -hmm. and there's no war there's no back and forth there's no violence there's no anything else mm -hmm. that's what it makes america what it is that's why i think america is the greatest country in the history of the world which that maybe else be something we disagree <laughs> on but I think America is the greatest country in the history of the world because we have those systems in place and those elements and that's what it makes us beautiful is we're always moving closer to a more perfect union mm -hmm. we're not a perfect union now we're we didn't start as a perfect union but we're always trying to move closer to a perfect union and i think that's what's beautiful about this place that we call america is is we can or in the past we have been able to disagree mm -hmm. and even vote each other's people out and then move forward as americans mm -hmm. and so I do see Donald Trump as a major threat to that right now. Mm. Recounts, totally cool. Mm -hmm. Legal action, if you think there were irregularities and you want to file a lawsuit and look into it, mm -hmm. totally cool, totally normal. Any, any presidential candidate in the history of presidential politics where they were in this close of an election would do the same thing. They would, they would file a lawsuit. They would ask for recounts. They would do the same thing. But... The consistent problem with Trump is the language. Hmm. Saying the election is stolen from you hmm. puts you on a moral high ground. Mm -hmm. To kind of bring it back around, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it puts you on a moral high ground to now, oh, they're trying to steal a democratic, democratically elected president's um, authority. They're trying to undermine the will of the people. And so now you have people who legitimately think the other side is trying to overthrow the democratic process, which we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional Republic. I get it. Don't, don't, come <laughs> whatever. At me. We still vote. Like don't this. come at me. <laughs> people from the right. I understand. I'm there with you. I get it. But the democratic process, mm -hmm. it's undermining it to say this election was stolen from me before you've done any investigation. Cause remember Trump hasn't done any investigations. He's making claims to things he has that he's seen irregularities, but we haven't done any investigation. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But let there be an investigation before you come out and say this thing was stolen from me. That's dangerous. Go yeah. ahead, Ben. No, no, I agree. And 
Yeah. I have nothing to add. I perfectly said. Well, I appreciate that. It's yeah. probably the only perfect thing I'm going to say. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Because I'm not, it's like, because I do see people, okay, maybe I do have something to add. I do see people being like, well, we can investigate. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. If there are legitimate claims. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. But if, for a lot of these, an investigation kind of has already been done. Like, again, with the dead people voting in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Breitbart's like, ta-da, they did it. And then everyone's like, no. <laughs> Like, that's not a real thing. Like, we looked into it. We investigated it. It's not a real thing. Or the fact that, I don't remember who it was, someone in somewhere, some election people who said that this was supposedly, like, the most secure election in the history of America or whatever. Did you see that? Yeah. Okay. We're political experts, by the way. Someone, someone, somewhere. Someone at some point. I could look it up. (laughs) It's whatever. Um, But, yeah. So, these election officials said that this was the most secure election of all time. So, they are investigating they are looking into it. And so when people say, well, you don't want us to investigate, I'm like, no, we're investigating. We're looking at these claims Mm -hmm. and we're debunking them. So to your point, again, for Trump to come out and say, they stole the election from me. No, no. (laughs) We're looking at the claims that you're making. How did they steal it? They did this. We look at it. No, they didn't. You know, that's not a real thing. So yeah, it's, it's been a huge threat to our democratic system, to the whole idea of democracy, the whole purpose. I love what you said. Like the whole idea that if we're going one way as a country for eight years and then the people decide to change course, that's a really, really important thing that we need to be able to have control over. We need to be able to change course if we don't like the way that things are going. That means that the people have the power. And I think that's the way it should be. And so any threat to that at all is a threat to the heart of America and the threat to the heart of democracy. So right. I th- I, everything you said, perfect, spot on, 100%. I agree. Well, great. I don't agree with everything that I said was a perfect and 100% spot on. Okay. But. I do. I stand by it. <laughs> I stand by it. Um, but yeah, I, and I don't think that means that everything is perfect. Like I think, I do think that could there possibly be some poll workers somewhere in in Pennsylvania oh, throwing sure. away Trump votes or doing things like that? It'd kind of be weird if that didn't. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like, I'm sure there's been a few. Sure. But the problem is, what are we talking about here? Like, you can show me a video, which many of those have been debunked too. I've seen the videos. I've seen <laughs> them filling out the ballots. I get it. That's mm-hmm. a normal procedure. It happens all the time. We know. But... You see these videos and you see these guys, like I heard a report that this guy who claims to be a poll worker, which many of them have turned out not, they're not poll workers. Um, But this guy claimed to be a poll worker and he said, I witnessed a guy process 27 ballots over five times each. Like I I witnessed it and I I saw it. Okay. (laughs) Let's do some math here. He's losing by five. <laughs> he's losing by thirty thousand votes. Right. Um, yeah. Twenty-seven. Yeah. No, it doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there could there's some instances of legitimate stuff. Sure. But the problem is, it doesn't necessarily not, mean not enough to flip. And yeah, Pennsylvania's right. voting laws are awful. Like their mix-ups are terrible. Like the fact that you have the state legislator saying one thing and the state Supreme Court saying another, we don't actually know who, and now the United States Supreme Court saying something that agrees with the legislator, but not the state Supreme Court. Like it's all out of whack. I had not heard about this. No, it's because I I think 
I don't remember the days specifically, but sure. it was just a matter of when is the cutoff point where you can stop counting mail-in ballots that come oh, in. Oh, and if they've been postmarked yeah, by election day? Yeah, like, I see what you're saying. Like, okay. And the legislators, who was a Republican state legislator, mm-hmm. said one thing, and the state Supreme Court said no. Mm-hmm. And then Trump, as part of one of his lawsuits, mm-hmm. the United States Supreme Court has stepped in and said, no, okay, you have to have this specific cutoff date. So the, Pennsylvania's voting laws are out of whack. You're not going to hear me disagree with that. Yeah, that doesn't help anyone. But as far as actual election irregularities, that's where I see a problem. Just the fact that, that there aren't enough irregularities to add up to widespread voter fraud that yes. would actually give Trump the presidency. Yes, okay. and the fact that votes are counted differently in every state. Like you have Republican governors in mm-hmm. in Georgia, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like it it doesn't it doesn't add up. And the fact that you know Trump's an a hole, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that someone would vote to remove him from the presidency of the United States. <laughs> you know, it's not out of the possibility. He's not a perfect human being. Mm-hmm. Um. But, and I, and I have, I have legitimate issues with, with mail-in ballots, to be honest. Mm. And that may be an area we disagree on. Like, I don't think mail-in ballots are necessarily the most secure way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I've just a, um, oh, what is it? Well, I've, I've seen mail-in ballots come in from my wife's brother to the house we're living at. He lives mm. in Utah. He lives in Utah and they're coming to places in Arizona with his name on it. It wouldn't be difficult for us to fill out the ballot and sign it as him. It would be against the law, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be difficult to do it because Arizona and Utah aren't going to coordinate with each other and say, you know, we, we, we got to vote voted here. Yeah. Here. yeah, yeah they're not, there's not going to be coordination. So it's something that can happen. So sure. I have legitimate issues with mail-in ballots um, mm. as a whole, but do I think it's enough to overthrow the election? No. And the fact that um, Pennsylvania counted all their mail-in ballots late at night and, or Michigan, what was it that had like 130,000 votes come in for Biden? Oh, I don't Randomly, like, <laughs> no, I don't or whatever. The, the fact of the matter is Trump told, told Trump supporters mm-hmm. not to vote by mail. Yeah. It makes sense that when they started counting the mail-in ballots that you saw Trump's lead go. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense. I have something to run by you. Oh, yeah, okay. What do you think of the idea, because I've seen a guy that actually ran for governor in Utah, and I worked on his campaign, too. Uh Um, He posted um, the idea of voting electronically. So instead of, like, having a mail-in ballot, it could be, like, a website Mm. that, that we all go to. And you can enter your driver's license number or your social security number Mm -hmm. and you can vote at home via the computer. You have to verify yourself. I mean, we have phones in our pocket that require our thumbprint or Uh facial recognition. Like I think there's ways that you can kind of go both sides here because I think it would be more secure than mail-in ballots. And that would be, well, Republicans would like that better, but it'd also be easier for yeah okay that's interesting the two concerns that i would have right off just the top of my head uh-huh. without knowing anything about it mm-hmm. would be cybersecurity sure um because yeah obviously mail-in ballots can be sent to, to the wrong house apparently <laughs> i guess that could happen <laughs> yeah um which makes sense um uh but given the like especially you know giving a side eye to russia here 
on the cyber attacks. Oh, Russia, Russia, Russia. (laughs) I don't, you know, the nice thing about a a mail-in ballot is that you can't hack it. Sure. And so I think that would be a concern. And I'd like to think that we should be able to do that. Right. Like if there's a way that we can protect Mm -hmm. electronic voting, great. You know, Um, my other concern would be people that maybe don't have access to internet. Um, And I don't know what percentage of the population that would be that don't necessarily have phones or don't have a computer at home or might not live close enough to like a public library, you know, to go to a computer. They might be able to still go into a polling place. Oh, okay. So they might be able to vote in person. This would be just um, replacing mail-in ballots. I see what you're saying. It would would just be, this would be like an added thing to the system that we currently have. Yeah. Yeah. I think if there's a way to do it securely. Because I think, because I think Democrats, correct me if I'm wrong, Democrats care that as many people that can, that can vote should be able to vote as possible. Yeah. And so that's the kind of issue with like voter ID and things like that. Like, and yeah, and you just want as many people to be able to vote that should be able to vote. Correct. Voting. Correct. And I think you kind of get that if you've got a, a computer at your house and you can just mm-hmm. get on your computer and log in, it's mm-hmm. easily accessible. Mm-hmm. But for Republicans, I think you can still have to enter a driver's license number oh, sure. or like a social security number or, or something. Yeah, like the stuff that you have to enter now. Yeah. Like they verify your ID when you vote. Some places. So do they not? Voter ID laws, my friend. Well, okay. You so, want to be a Republican? There should. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, in order to be, so in order to be registered to vote, you have to have certain identification, correct? Some places. Is that? Okay. Depends well, on the state. I, yeah, I don't see any reason why if you were going to register and vote online that you shouldn't be able to do that with the same kind of requirements that you would need to do that in person. Yeah. You know, I just think it's crazy in the 21st century that we're still voting on paper. Yeah. (laughs) It'd save a lot of trees. (laughs) It would save a lot of trees. (laughs) A lot of ink. A lot of time. Because you can get the results immediately. How wonderful... Would that oh have been my gosh. in 2020? We don't have to use scantrons anymore. To just get electronically. And what you could do. Whoa, and what you, you could press do, a button and get all the results. Yeah, and you can have like two representatives from one campaign and two representatives from the other and like sure. two independents come in mm-hmm. and I'll verify it and like say, okay, I get it. I agree. Yeah. And and sign off on it. And and I think that would, wouldn't that be wonderful if we knew the election results immediately? That, yeah, that would have been nice. Or and, or at least as soon as the polls close. Well, yeah, and, and it would have helped a lot in terms of these, because most of these voter issues that they're saying, when you're saying he scanned ballots five times, right, that's not possible if you're doing it online. Yeah. So no. a lot of the security that people feel like they're not getting by doing these paper ballots would go away if we did it electronically. So that's a, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think there's some merit to that. Yeah, I think, I think and I think, I'm not like a software engineer or anything. No, like, there's probably, <laughs> there's probably there's, reasons why we can't do that. There's a lot but, of computer scientists out there that are cringing right now. <laughs> like, yeah. this being system. <laughs> no. Yeah, but but there's yeah, yeah. I think there's some value to that idea. Yeah, I mean, and I think we're gonna see some stuff like that. Sure. I think since there have been so many complaints about voter fraud and voting irregularities, we're going to see a lot of people trying to make it more secure well i think if this regular topic if this election like draws out any further and we have some major mm-hmm. issues that goes past january mm-hmm. or something i think you could see some pretty significant changes to the way that we do it i think we're gonna have to yeah because you can't have this happen again like 
Well, yeah, it's not just a matter of like the president starts being president on January 20th when he's inaugurated. He's got to have a transition team. He's mm-hmm. got to start getting intelligence beforehand. Mm-hmm. He has to be prepared to enter the office. Yeah, we don't have time beforehand. for yeah. No, like if Biden is going to do it, which is another reason why I think Trump should just shut up and go away. <laughs> if Biden is going to, I am a conservative, by the way, I promise. <laughs> We'll get into it. When we do future podcasts, we'll get into it. But if that's another problem is, is if Biden is going to be the duly elected president, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. If I talked a lot, um, Dude, no, that's, that's why we're doing this. If there were significant voter irregularities, right? I understand if there were, and voter fraud or whatever, if there were. In a universe where that a, had happened. In a universe where that's actually real and sure. not just a bunch of conspiratorial BS. Right. Um, like it is. Um, <laughs> but if that's actually a thing, I personally would rather take the lick on this election oh. and say, okay, you beat us this time. We've got a Republican Senate. We're gaining seats on you in the House. We have a conservative-leaning Supreme Court. Actually, not even leaning anymore. It's six to three. It's, yeah, like yeah. it's it's a conservative Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Like we've got our checks and balances. I would much rather say, okay, we lost this one, but we're going to investigate what happened. And during the Biden presidency, if the Senate Judiciary Campaign mm-hmm. uh, Committee or other people want to look into what happened and prove there was voter fraud, if Democrats got caught doing that, the American people wouldn't trust them ever again. Like, That's if, true. But you'd have Biden be president for four years, fine, but let Biden be president first because there are things that we have to do in order for us to be secure as a country. Mm-hmm. Biden has to start getting national in- intelligence briefings. Mm-hmm. He has to start understanding what's going on in the world if he's going to be president of the United States on January 20th. So take the lick, say we lost this time, investigate all you want, and then in 2024, beat the shiz out of the Democrats <laughs> because they're running a now... Because we cheated. Because you cheated. Yeah. You cheated. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the fact that they're maybe running an 81-year-old man who right. has some significant... We may disagree on this too. Has some the, the cognitive ability cognitive of, of Joe Biden. Yes. yes. Yeah, we can talk about that. Have some cognitive ish cognitive cognitive issues. Some issues. Some issues. You're running him in 2024 against mm-hmm. anyone not named Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I think you're gonna lose. Mm. I just think that's the matter. Do you disagree on so, Joe on Joe Biden's so uh, take? Okay. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm saying, yeah, that, well, that's so interesting perspective. You're saying sure. it'd be worth it to just let Joe Biden have it, even if he did cheat. Sure. Just let him take it. Yep. We can move on. We'll investigate yep. later. More important things. Mm. It's more important than who's president of the United States. There's more important things. Well, not necessarily more important to Trump. And I think that's short. Sure. I don't think that, I think that's why he's. And that's why Republicans him. should be shunning right. him right now, in my opinion. Oh, wow. They should be. Get away from me. I don't support this. <laughs> be doing basically what Mitt Romney is doing right now. All yeah. of them should be. Yeah. It's a hot take. It's an that, interesting that is, take. That, like, yeah. it's, I think, but I think a peaceful transition of power, one, and giving Biden 
or whoever's going to be president of the United States, the ample time and tools to succeed mm-hmm. is more important than Trump staying in office. And I voted for the guy. I yeah. promise. I promise <laughs> I voted for Trump. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, th- I think, yeah, I think that's a really interesting, but I've never heard, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Um, but yeah, maybe there are people out there that, I I mean, obviously I agree. I voted for Biden. I'd want him to be in the president's seat. <laughs> but like, does that make sense? Him, Flip it on its head. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, first of all, if there were widespread voter fraud, if after Biden were inaugurated, we were able to investigate and prove that, um, yeah. The Democrats would never win another election. That'd be it. No. Yeah. They no cheated. One, yeah. No one would trust them. Um, Democrats would leave the party. I like to think that there are Democrats out I'd there. Hope I wouldn't, so. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would have a really hard time voting for another Democrat if I knew that there had been widespread election fraud, even as much as I dislike Trump. And I don't think that that would have been enough. Yeah. Sacrificing the heart of democracy does is not justifiable even to remove Trump. Yeah. I think as terrible as I think he is, and as much as I dislike him, he was our president. The people chose him through the electoral college, even though he lost the popular vote, legitimately. And so I, I am all for maintaining the heart of democracy over having my guy win. I think that's more important. So. Yeah, I agree. And awesome. I and I think that just comes from a love of country to me. Like I think mm-hmm. I think our system of government and the way we do things is more important than who's actually in the office. Yeah. And I think especially since we have a check. I love gridlock. <laughs> I love gridlock. Gridlock is is the I think gridlock is what the founders had in mind when they created our system of government. Because they didn't want the government doing a whole lot. It, well, it keeps us from running down the wrong road too fast. Yeah, exactly. Like, you've got, if you want to pass a new piece of legislation, you've got to get it through the House. Mm-hmm. And if it's controlled by one party, mm-hmm. you've got to get through the Senate. And mm-hmm. if it's controlled by the same party, it may be pretty easy. But if mm-hmm. it's not, there. Good luck. you got to get it through the president, yep. who he may be of a different party and maybe a different mindset. Yep. And then you have to get it past the Supreme Court and they yep. have to sign off to on up. it. Yeah. Like, that's hard to yep. do. And I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. The point is, you have a Republican Senate that can now say no to. Ba- There's going to be no court packing. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I honestly think because if they try court packing, the Democrats, I think they're going to have a really hard time in 2022. I, yes. Yeah. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of Republicans come out and go. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, that's going to open up a whole other can of worms. Yeah. We do not want court packing. And I'm glad that Biden. Well, you don't. No, I do. No, I don't think anyone should. I'm glad yeah. that Biden said he's not planning on doing that. I think that would yeah. be a terrible. That would set a very awful precedent. I think. Well, because the next Republican president is just going to go, pack it again. All right. So you yeah. put on three. Let me put on uh, yeah. six. Yeah. No, thank you. I don't. Yeah, I think that's a bad idea. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Hot takes. Controversial opinions. Yeah. Good ideas. I like it. Well, in future podcasts, we'll get into more. Once the election has kind of calmed down a little bit, we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into more specific sure, yeah. things we disagree on because we don't necessarily disagree on this election stuff. I, I'm I voted for Trump, but I'm not like mm-hmm. I'm not loyal to Trump. I'm loyal to the country, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And so we'll get into more of the nitty gritty in future. We'll talk about guns. We'll talk about abortion. We'll talk about Yay. states' rights and federalism. Mm. Yeah. The fact that I'm an interventionist, not an isolationist. 
uh, I will learn what those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that, you know, this was enlightening. It was fun. I had, I had a good time. Yeah, me too. Actually, see, these are the conversations that I like having. That's exactly. the whole point. Whole point. I like talking about this stuff. All right, let's go play some video games. Cool. All right. Goodbye.